Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Monarch Ministries podcast. Um, just a little disclaimer, the subject matter for this episode is a little bit more um, mature than, than any of the other episodes. And so I just want to give a little bit of a, of a, of a disclaimer there. Um, we will be talking about pornography and its effects on the youth in this country. We don't ever um, talk about anything too explicit, but if, if that's something you're, you're uncomfortable listening to, um, just wanted to give that little disclaimer here for that. Thank you for, for tuning in. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Monarch Ministries podcast, uh, the fifth episode. I do apologize. We didn't get an episode out last week. It was a pretty difficult week for me. I had a tooth infection, a lot of pain, and and uh, couldn't really, really talk um, to, to record a podcast episode last week. So we did take a little bit of a, a week hiatus. Um, do pray for me as this Monday, um, I'm, I'm having surgery on that tooth and getting that removed so that should be fun but um for for now we do have an episode with you where we're having another guest on today we have uh, mr jacob on now jacob is kind of the uh um grandfather of monarch ministries back on the the old server that that we started on before we ever did evening devotionals jacob actually um led a bible study group in there and he's a awesome guy um really smart knows his bible very well and and uh, good friend, and we've we've spent many a night um, staying up too late playing Halo 3 or DST together, and I really enjoy his company and, and hanging out with him, and I'm excited to have a conversation with him tonight. So hello, Mr. Jacob. How are you tonight? I am good. <laughs> you uh, really said some high-level stuff about me there. Well, that's because you're a high-level dude. So let's go ahead and get started. Um. We're going to start with a little series here, um, you know, adding a little bit more structure to the to the podcast here. So this is going to be the first episode of the Tools of the Enemy series. And um, I think Jacob and I can both agree that one of the, the greatest problems that we, not only as Christians, but as a society these days face, is the issue of, of pornography. And so we want to kind of talk about that and how it's a tool used by um, the enemy, by Satan or demons or um, you know who, whoever, to distract us from God and just keep us away from um, our relationship with God and our relationship with with fellow Christians, and to prevent us from having that that full, um, good, perfect Christian life that was designed for us. So, um, Jacob, uh, why why is pornography such a dangerous um, issue these days. Why do you think? I think one of the reasons is it's so widespread. Um, there's so many addictions out there that um, like not a lot of people are addicted to. Um, and I'd say one of its one of the reasons for it is it doesn't require much investment, um, but it takes a lot out of a person. Um, yeah, I mean. You know, I didn't look up any statistics or anything before um, we did this, and I probably should have, but um, I didn't, so that that's on me. But, you know, a, a super high percentage of, of young men um, get exposed to this thing before they're, I mean, by the time, like, the overwhelming majority of, of young men in this country get it um, introduced to pornography before they're, they're 11 years old, right? Do you happen to know um... the number there? I 
don't. I know I've seen <laughs> I've seen a video talking about the topic, but uh, I'm I'll I'll look into it now. Right. Oh, okay. You're gonna. All right. <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's you know the the subject matter at hand. Um, it's it's taking something that that God intended for for a man and his wife, and it's putting it in the arena of of children and getting them, you know, addicted to this thing at, at such a young age. And, you know, kids are, are curious and and kids don't always know right from wrong and they're not always equipped to make those judgment calls and understand the damage that they're doing to themselves. And by the time, um, you know, they do get old enough to understand that, hey, this isn't good for me. This is causing issues. This is making me more depressed. This is making me... Um, less active this is making me you know this that and the other thing that all the different problems that that come with with pornography addiction by the time they're they're able to to recognize the harm that it's done for them they're they're so addicted and they're so hooked on it that they can't you know stop you know just like any other drug or addiction heroin you know whatever it may be well with um with uh kids like 10 10 years old i think is one of the high high early number age age ranges that people get addicted they don't have like the high level decision making skills that are uh, that uh, older older adults have so they can't really see they can't say oh this is bad for me it's not a good idea and at that point um at the point that they're able to make that decision where they say oh this is bad for me um they're already addicted right and i mean if you need any any proof of that stick a um block of um or stick a celery stick in a lollipop in front of a 10 year old and see which one they take you know they have very low impulse control <laughs> and and you know that, that, that's across the board i mean you know you can't blame a child for being curious um and and you know you can train them to to do what's right instead of you know you can train them to to take the 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 celery stick instead of the lollipop and show them that the celery stick is better for them and and all that but if you're presenting both options to them and you just throw them in a room um they're gonna pick the cell or the the lollipop you know 11 out of 10 times and so in this easy access world that we have where there are kids running around with cell phones at like four or five years old these days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their their parents throw the cell phone at them to distract them so that they can focus on their work or whatever it may be in, instead of paying attention to their kid. And they they don't put any restrictions on it. And they don't um, monitor what their kids are doing. You know, there was that whole YouTube thing a few years ago. I think it still might be going on where, where you would go on YouTube Kids and there'd be like, you know, some super gory video or some really creepy something or another on and, and no one knew that it was going on because kids aren't paying attention or their parents aren't paying attention to what their kids are watching and and kids are curious and they're going to watch whatever comes up and so if you right. if you give kid a kid google and say have at it or you know don't pay attention you know you you look over your shoulder and and don't pay attention to your kid while they're on it they're gonna they're gonna take the you know they're, they're gonna look up things they shouldn't look up and I mean, how are we supposed to um, 
train them not to do that if if we're so eager and so willing to to let them um, have that access. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, the thing thing for me um, in the future when I inevitably get a uh, start a family, I'm gonna probably not give my kid a phone until they're much older. And when I do, I'm going to put restrictions there so they can't just do things like that. Right, definitely. And that that's one of the things that I want to kind of talk about later is I think the best um, combatant to this issue is accountability um, and, and making sure, you know, not only are your children accountable to you and, and accountable to their parents, um, but also that, that friends are accountable to each other. And we'll, we'll get on that a little bit later um, when, when we talk more about how to fix the problem. But um, do you think it, it, it's so easy to access, um, you know, everyone knows that it's there. Everyone knows that it's an issue. Everyone knows that, that young children are having access to it and that it's, it's the problem that it is, you know, that's not secret information. Um, but yet nothing has been, been done on a, you know, corporate level or a governmental level. Um, there's, there's no... You know, pushback against the the porn industry at all in in any meaningful arena. So, do you think um, that the accessibility of, of pornography is an intentional? Um, do you think it's intentional from you know maybe the government or um, some other higher power? And and if it is intentional, what do you think the purpose of of that is? Well, it might it might be intentional, or it might just be something like uh, officials just don't care about. Really, I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand or don't know the consequences of porn addiction, and that would sort of lead to uh, people not trying to get it um, restricted. Like, if no one sees that it's an issue, no one's going to try and have it stopped. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons why it's so dangerous, is that people, it's so many people just don't see it as an issue, even though it definitely is. It's rewiring how our brains, um, like our brains uh, reward reward structures and how we, how we think about uh, different things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely intentional by the uh, porn porn industries because obviously they wouldn't want access to be restricted. Right. I mean, they don't want to cut it off from their their highest demographic. Well, and people who go out and um, make money off of selling their own pictures of their own bodies, obviously they want they don't they don't want it restricted. So, let me ask you: Do you think there's any you know actual difference between pornography and prostitution? If there is a difference, it's very small. Um, I mean, uh, literally, I'd suppose the difference would be between uh, or, or more accurate. Well, it depends on what you're selling, of course, but they're very similar. Mm-hmm. I'd say almost the exact same. And I mean, so would I. I, I think you know, there, there's no real difference between the two. And so why is one legal and one not? Um, that's a good question. I'd say 
I'd say it goes back to people not seeing it as an issue, even though it is. And in different places, prostitution is illegal, so... That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I guess it's just people don't see it as an issue. I mean, there's people out there who don't see prostitution as an issue. Right. So. We're, we're looking at you libertarians. <laughs> Fools. Um, well, I think that's... Okay, I think that's one of the good arguments against libertarianism is... Um, being addicted to something is a form of slavery, mm-hmm. whether because at a certain point, um, you don't really have a direct choice necessarily in an issue. Maybe it's not choice that is the correct term, but like you've just become used to being addicted to something. So if you go out and say, "Oh yeah, everyone should be allowed to consume meth and you know porn at will." Um, people are going to become addicted to those, and um, being addicted to something isn't uh, uh, isn't being productive. Because right. if you're out there consuming porn instead of actively building up your communities and helping people who are um, ill, if you're out instead spending all your energy on porn and um, high dopamine high um opioid drugs you're not um you're not out there serving uh god's will exactly and i would say that that's one of the reasons why i think that this um just excessive um consumption of pornography in this country it would be intentional is because if if you look at that and 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 kind of carry that model to to its completion if if you take the liber- libertarian standpoint and and you know everything is legal and everyone is is totally free to enslave themselves in whatever addiction they choose um then you have a, a society full of unmotivated people who are more fixated on their own self-pleasure than they are on creating a good society and if we have a a society that's that's only focused on their own self-pleasure, not their self-betterment, but their self-pleasure, then you have a very weak society, and, and a weak society is very easy to control. And so if, if you're manufacturing this, um, you know, real easy shortcut into allowing people to focus only on their own, you know, personal temporary self-pleasure, as pornography does, then you're creating a, a society of, of young men who um, are, are, are very weak, are very um, absent-minded, and who, you know, everyone's addicted, so no one's paying attention to, to what's going on. And even the ones who, who are paying attention don't really care because, um, you know, they their brain is, is in such a state where they can't, um, they, they just can't focus enough to, to make any actionable difference in the community that they live in. And so if, if you have this society full of weak men, then you can implement any rule that, that you want to. And so I would say that it, it's probably an intentional attack on our, our young men and on our country to um, promote the, the porn industry as it has been so that you know we can um, you know, be, be controlled easier by by the people who who want and who need to control us in order to, you know, take the power that they need to take. And so, if if that's the case, um, then the the question is, you know, who's in charge of that? 
and how do we we prevent that kind of thing? I'd say, um, well, let's say like let's do this like a hypothetical scenario, right? Which would probably sort of affirm your hypothesis. Suppose um, porn were a real issue, which I think it is. Mm-hmm. Suppose um, what porn does is it it addicts people and makes people want more of it, right? So you've got all these people out there who are addicted to porn. Um, if you have people who are addicted to something, they're not going to see it as an issue. So they're going to focus on things that aren't issues or focus on non-issues. So I'd say where your argument is, or where, where you, uh, the theory that people are, um, or that the government doesn't care or wants people to be addicted to porn, I think that actually does have credence because... People out there are focused on non-issues. Uh, politicians will easily buy into that and um, just not focus on a real issue that is um, enslaving our folks. Right. Yeah. Not not only is it, you know, something that that puts us down and and, and makes us um, numb to to the way our society is being run, but it also makes their job a whole lot easier because we're not um, telling them what to do as we should be doing. So, um, obviously, with, with such a large percentage of um, people, of young men being addicted to porn, um, you know, obviously, we're, we, we can't, you know, turn a blind eye to it. Um, and, and I would recommend if there's any episode that, that y'all who are listening, you know, want to share around and um, tell people about, I would say, you know, show your youth pastor, um, your pastor, your parents, if you have younger siblings, you know, make sure your parents or whoever's in authority over them, um, or, or even if you have an issue, um, you know, pay attention to this episode, share this one around, and, you know, let's try and make this more of a public conversation um, that people are having, because I think, especially in Christian communities, um, this issue, you know, everyone knows about it, but we're all kind of timid to talk about it because it is a, you know it's, it's gross and it's uncomfortable to talk about um, a little bit of a touchy subject yeah it's definitely something we shouldn't ignore exactly and so it's very important um with with such a high percentage of of young men you know watching this we can't turn a blind eye and say oh well yeah lots of kids are watching it but my kid's in the in the 10 percent that isn't no, no he's not your kid is is not innocent um your kid's not you know beyond help um and and we have to look at it that way it's an addiction your kid needs help he doesn't need um necessarily punishment i i would say you know well i think that's um that's stuff but go ahead certainly certainly one of the things uh that um like our um like we don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say it's hard to it's hard to know how to deal with addiction. I know there's a lot of groups out there, um, but like things like uh, like punishing someone for an addiction is certainly not not the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not how you heal. You've got Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. You don't have um, Pornography Anonymous, right? Yeah, that's something we need. <laughs> but um, I, I would argue that that not only is this just as dangerous, but 
even more so because there are so many more people who are who have a serious problem with with pornography than do with alcohol or, or hard drugs um and so the symptoms aren't as easy to spot right there, there's that um and and there's there's more people on it and um like like a big one and and maybe the most potent is is the mental health aspect of, of what pornography does you know there's there's definitely um a larger percentage of you know adolescents and teenagers who um really do struggle with that whole issue of depression and a lot of that i would um you know venture to say originates from their pornography addiction because you know you didn't see this um back even you know 30 40 years ago um right before pornography was an issue you know the the previous generation our parents um their their kids weren't you know shooting up schools or um doing things like that and that's the kind of extreme example but people can't walk around this day these days or, or have friends in, in public schools without um you know a large portion of their group talking about their their depression issues or their you know several mental health issues whether they be diagnosed or undiagnosed and i think a lot of that um originates from pornography addiction well and one of the big differences between then and now is then you'd had to go to a special place and a special building to um do something that's similar to pornography but now all you have to do is walk up to a computer type in a word and there you go or Reach in your pocket and type in a word. Right, it's reaching your pocket and type in a word. It's even easier. It's um, extremely easy to to access something that's very addictive. And uh, sex is one of those things that's um, that's one of the big drivers in people's um, like it's one of the big motivators in the mind, among right. other things, but. Right. Um, that's that's why that's why sex addiction is one of those like not so great things. But porn addiction is, I'd say, a subcategory of sex addiction. Uh huh. And and again, much more widespread. Yeah, much more widespread than sex. It's a lot easier to be addicted to something you can pull up on your phone while sitting on the toilet than something you have to have another person with in order to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or something you have to purchase. And so, you know, like I was saying, your kid is not exempt from this. Um, your youth right. group is not exempt from this. Um, the people, there are people that you know who who struggle with this issue. Um, and and I'm, you know, talking from from a Christian standpoint here. This is a Christian um, podcast, a Christian group, and um, us Christians are, are are real timid about this this subject. I think, and so how can we start to make the recovery from pornography from a biblical standpoint, do you think? That's a good question. I'd say getting more active with your church community. I mean, that's probably the answer for a lot of things, but if you can talk about it with maybe your pastor, that's probably a good starting point. Any anything specific there? Do you think? 
maybe spread awareness about the topic because I mean it might be it's just certainly a touchy subject and if you're addicted it's not going to be something easy to do but right right I mean you know it's not something who if if you are addicted um, that that you want to you know go hey everyone I I have this issue can you you know pray for me or or talk to me about it um, I've seen the more I, I have looked into this this subject and kind of because I have looked up the statistics before and I and I should have written them down but um, I didn't but you know how like when when you search certain things Google is is like throwing these these different um, um, ads at you that are based on what you looked at well I, well, I get <laughs> some ads you know after I look up like anti pornography. Um, groups or, or things like that about oh use this app to and i don't remember what it was called but it's it's like uh you get a buddy and it um you know gives them access to to like your internet history or whatever even if it's through a vpn or um incognito mode whatever it may be um and it'll it'll ping them if you've um looked up anything that you shouldn't be looking up and I think that's a, a really uncomfortable thing um, for people to do. But it's definitely, it's definitely one of the. It's definitely certainly, it's. It could be necessary. Accountability it's, is a great motivator. It um, is a great motivator. It's, sure. it's an embarrassing thing. Um, certainly, this this subject, and I think if we can convince people you know number one the the awful things that it's it's doing to you and then show them um that you know life is better without it that that all these things can can be better you know your your depression will will go away um your mood will increase um you'll you'll feel more energetic you'll be more active um you know, you can say, put energy into to working out or whatever, and and tell them that there is a a very good way for both you and your friend who is more than likely suffering from the same addiction to hold each other accountable and to help each other, and to in love and not in judgment, um, reach out to each other and and you know in in Christ have that relationship where you can fall back on each other and be accountable to each other about this issue. I think that that's a good first step to take towards fighting back against this yeah i'd say the first thing one should do is recognize that it is an addiction mm -hmm. and the second thing would be to seek help whether yeah. it be actually it would be better if it was someone you knew but i mean if you're too too afraid to do that maybe you could start with um, online forums and stuff there's a lot of people out there who are trying to uh, recover right and um, you know the the monarch ministries um, verse that that we that we look at um, pretty regularly is is First uh, Peter four um, verses eight through ten, which I'm always um, I'm quoting, and I think this is a uh, uh, um, applicable here too and above all things have fervent charity among yourselves for charity shall cover the multitude of sins um, 
verse Peter 4, 8, you know, having that charity one with another covers the multitude of sins. It's not saying covers up like you won't see it anymore. It's saying prevents you from, from causing the sin. I, we underestimate how powerful the church community is. And um, being able to, to utilize that church community and utilize the friends that you make in your youth group or in your Sunday school class, your church, and, and, and seeing um, that these people really do struggle with the same issues you do. You know, um, the people in your church aren't as perfect as, as they are on Sunday morning. Um, and, you know, when, when we build those, those real relationships with people, when we have that fervent charity and, um, have those deeper relationships, then people care about your well-being and you'll care about theirs and, and you'll want to, to help them, um, you know, go through this thing. And if you're a, a youth pastor, you should, um, endorse this, maybe, you know, do some of the, the research on this issue yourself and, and have that conversation, you know, maybe take a split session and, and take your boys um, on a camping trip over the weekend, you know, get away from, from technology and anything and, and maybe talk to them about the dangers of this and help them, um, you know, be more comfortable in, in sharing, yeah, I have a, an issue with this, you know, don't, don't force them to, but, but help them to understand that they can um, feel comfortable talking with their, with their friends about it. And they can, you know, set up, um, like maybe with that app to, to be accountable with one to another, or, or even if it's just, you know, um, talking with each other. We even had, or I know a couple guys who, who, um, you know, made a deal with each other. You know, I won't, um, do this for this amount of time if, if I, um, struggle with this and they, they made that deal with each other and, and it, it's helped them, um, with that, it's helped them recognize it. And, and so, you know, look for different ways where you can help the people in your life be more comfortable with the accountability aspect of this and um, use that as a, a jumping board to, to kind of start to, to push back against the, the issue, um, the addiction issue at hand. Well, um... Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, so say uh, what First John two fifteen says: Do not. It well, tells us do not love the world. And the next verse says: um, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not from the Father, but from the world. And that certainly fits the description of porn. So, um, if we're called to not love the world, then we need to know what is like what exactly that is and um we need to recognize things that are are of the world like porn and stuff so right. ignoring them is certainly not not a good thing to do right and you know i i, I understand that you know it is a timid subject and, and we we've mentioned that um but if you're a youth pastor or a youth leader i i wouldn't necessarily recommend going up in sunday school um on sunday and being like all right kids we're going to talk about pornography today. You know, I, I would definitely recommend the more subtle, take your, your boys on a camping trip approach and, and, and talk about it there and, and have your wife take the girls to a retreat or something. And, and you know, I, I, I would personally do that subject as a split session, but 
Um, well, it might be better to talk about it as a as a normal pastor rather than a youth pastor. But either way, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, church leader is a church leader, and and both. Well, I, I'm saying like um, telling um, telling like parents and stuff about it, raising awareness as a pastor, yeah, rather yeah. than as a youth pastor going out and just telling a bunch of kids about you know the dangers of porn is right. probably yeah more yeah, productive get, to tell the parents both. rather than the the Def- kids definitely i mean i mean and you'll get less flashback probably <laughs> yeah um but you know definitely definitely true I, I'd say well if, yeah if you can have both that would be great but probably one before the other <laughs> yeah definitely thank you for for calling me out there i appreciate that so <laughs> um we're we're a, a college age group and and our demographic is college age and um, a lot of people in our age demographic are, you know, in, in long relationships, have been in relationships for a long time and have um, desires to get married. And, and you know, we're, we're nearing that age where, where that's, you know, becoming more and more of a reality. So in this post-sexual revolution world that we live in, you know, um, most of our generation grew up in the in the first, you know, kind of big push towards pornography kind of age and so our generation is the first that kind of saw this issue um so how can we as christians navigate um relationships in a post-sexual revolution world and i'm not talk- just talking about pornography here i mean the the excess of porn on tv um the more open you know le- uh shameless um view of it in the public arena um you know the whole shebang i'd say don't ascribe to the things like that the sexual revolution idealizes like don't say don't don't convince yourself that sex is meaningless and that porn is bad or isn't bad that it's okay to just go out and throw your body into the world I think that's uh, one of the things not to do. <laughs> um, as a um, in the dating scene, I'd say I don't know. Go to read the Bible. <laughs> Tells you um, how you should treat your body and how you should think and behave. Regarding um, you know everything, yeah, and meeting partners, right? So well. by the way, if you're not reading your Bible with your girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever, then like start doing that because yeah, that's a very good idea. Yeah, that's great. Read the book of Hosea. Um, but you know it we're we're so inundated with with these ideas um, that... Well, I think that's how... That's sort of how the world has been forever, actually. That's true. Um, but the world but, never had uh, the, the internet before. Well, right. But, like, the world tells us one thing and God tells us, you know, what's correct and how we exactly. should actually... Like, uh, who do you think knows um, what's better for you? Um, 
Lord of all creation or you know Reddit people Reddit. <laughs> Have you ever been on Reddit, Jacob? Yes. It's so bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I I can only go on for minutes at a time. It's it's really bad. I I deleted it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have Twitter either. I don't. Well, we have the Monarch Ministries Twitter that we. Use, <laughs> and I have the the Johnny Appleseed Twitter that I should start using again because that was really funny. Um, so I I, val- I, I value like my own Twitter. sanity. Um, I don't ever like go scrolling on it, but if if I have a funny thought, then it's going on there. Um, I hate to to plug right now, but if you look up the Johnny Appleseed Twitter, it's it's really funny. We're gonna make Arby's great again. I disavow Twitter. I I value my own sanity, so I will not go on that platform. <laughs> That's your prerogative, and I don't blame you. <laughs> I have also, I well, I have an Instagram, but I don't access it. But the only how, I guess how social media you... I use is Snapchat, but that's only to text my girlfriend. So I mean, how I can know. you use Reddit, but but have an issue? Reddit is so much worse. I don't use Reddit either. I t- told you I only go on minutes at a time. I generally only go on Reddit when someone sends me a meme from Reddit. Oh, okay. So. All right. That's, that's fair. But yeah, you know, um, if, if you look at the opinions that, that people in our generation hold, they're just so vulgar these days. And, yep. You know... I, I kind of think, you know, I was raised in, in church and and always grew up in church and I've always um, been, I wouldn't say sheltered, but um, I've always leaned towards that more conservative um, valued side. And, you know, these, these past several years, five years or so, you know, um, kind of learning more of what the rest of the world thinks and and how they act and and how um you know the the more liberal side of our our generation is it's it's like shocking um you know i was always raised to believe and and i do affirm and and so does the bible and and you should think this way too um that you you shouldn't have have any sort of sexual relationship until marriage um pornography yep. is, is bad um you know that sort of thing and and so if you know that that's your worldview going out and and then you see how the world treats it you know and and the tv shows that you watch and the movies that you see and um advertisements you know it almost seems like propaganda <laughs> what we didn't say anything about that earlier did we uh, it's just a theory. Um, you know, we're so inundated with it that it begins to look normal. And you say, well, yeah, the Bible does say abstain from fornication. But, you know, my parents did it. My aunts and uncle did, did it. Um, and, and they're fine. All my teachers did it. All my friends are doing it. Um, I get made fun of for not doing it. Is there really such an issue with it? There's this um, there's this verse that's on the cafeteria wall in my Christian school that I went to for high uh-huh. school. 
It says, uh, what is popular is not always right, and what is right is not always popular. So, say in this instance, actually, probably, I mean, it's Bible verse, so. Right. <laughs> but it applies to what we're talking about. Fornication is not right. It might be popular, but it's not, it's not what's best for us. And so it's not how we were designed to operate. And you know, I'm 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 single right now and you're not so you're you're more of an authority on this than, than I am currently. But I would say, you know, in, in looking for a partner and, and, and all that, um and, and when you're you're seeking out a relationship or um waiting or you know, however you may view it, um you need to have someone who shares your values and you need to have someone who's as strong in their convictions as you are and who holds the same standards as you do. Um and you need someone who won't falter in those convictions because um, it's a lot easier to pull someone down than it is to lift them up. And so, you know, if if one of you is has high standards and high convictions, and you know they're they're biblically based, and and you're doing well, and you're strong um, in your faith, and you're you're holding out, and you've avoided these kind of issues before but then you get with a partner who who maybe is weaker in these things and, and holds different beliefs and has different values than you it's going to be really easy for them to convince you to step down to their level and it's not going to be so easy for you to convince them that you're right and so um you should always you know be with someone who who shares the same values and convictions that you do and um well, i believe paul talks that. about this and was it second corinthians i think so um, he, uh, what I remember is he said, um, like if you're already married, just pray. Um, yeah, yeah. Like if you're already married, married to someone who's not, don't divorce them just because they're not. Right. Yeah. Just pray that they'll come to an understanding. But if if you're not um, already married to someone, then you should seek someone out who shares the same values. Right. I 100% agree. And so I would say that's the best way to to navigate. Um, the issues that we face today is is with a strong foundation. Um, so, last question before we we finish out for for the night, um, and this one's important, and um, this is the one where where we as Christians who who recognize this issue and who understand that it's a problem, and who want to um, you know prevent this from going on. How do we prevent this issue from passing to the next generation? Um, as a parent. I would definitely say if if you already have young kids, I just wouldn't put I, I wouldn't give them um, devices or anything until till they're older, like at minimum fifteen years of age. Probably probably won't need phones until you're an adult, but you know, whatever. Um I I mean I'm not a I'm not a parent, so I don't know what it's like right now. I mean I know I wanted a phone when I was young. Um for uh, I'd say the most important thing would probably putting on a filter at your home internet or anything like that. Right. And if you do ki give your kids a device at a younger age, you need to make sure that there's um, things so that they can't things set up so that they can't just access porn willy nilly. Right. Yeah, my little because that's on that's where it gets people. On his cell phone has um, a program where where both my parents can can see what he's he's looking at at any given time and. And, um, you know, there's there's definitely the, the accountability there. Um, you know, he's not too much of a fan of it, but it, it prevents that sort of 
um, addiction from from creeping in, and and I right. think it's a it's a good thing. Now, the I don't know what the app they use is, but it's not the greatest. But things like that um, are important, you know, in in raising up the next generation. But even before that, um, you know, what 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 we can do right now is, um, like I said, make sure we're accountable one to another, one to another, and um, you know, raise this issue to the public arena. Um, talk to your, you know, state representatives or whatever, you know, get in government and say, hey, there's there's an issue um, that we want solved. Um, this is a government by the people for the people, and um, it's it's your job to promote the general welfare. And in promoting the general welfare, um, this is something that's got to go. And you know that's that sounds like a, a big daunting task, and maybe it is. But you know, what's that? A thousand mile journey starts with a single step, kind of thing. Um, right. So you know, see what kind of steps you can take toward towards making that. Um, issue come to more prevalence because I personally think, and I don't know if you would agree with me on this or not, but I personally think it's the greatest issue facing our, our generation today, and I don't want to see the next generation go through the same thing. Yeah, because it's, it's probably what's causing all the um, degeneracy or fornication that's just so active. I mean, if people are addicted to it and people are being desensitized, I'd say it's the natural, um, logical step to say that that's one of the reasons why people are just so crazy nowadays. Yeah, and, you know, again, um, kind of odd how in the past several years when, when pornography has become this much more prevalent uh, homosexuality has also taken quite a, a front seat in in society too. Wonder if there's any correlation there. Yeah. Well, if you have if you have something that has so many so many different things displayed on it, um, once you get bored of one thing, you'll go to the next, and at some point, that's what's it's, that's what it's going to lead to. So the moral of the maybe story... Not. Oh, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Uh, maybe not in every case, but... It's certainly one of the... One of the things that it, it'll it promote. I also want to add... If you do add... Um, or don't, don't just put... Um, like, VPNs and stuff on phones. You also need to talk about it with your, with your kids. Right. Talk about why you're doing it and what the issue is with it. Don't just do things and not tell them, because kids like knowing why. And kids are curious, and kids are smart, and they will find a way around it. Um, right. That's that's another thing that that we should should mention is no matter how many you know blockers and things um, that you put on, if the kid knows that there's something to be, they'll figure it out. And and so um, you know, discussing, like I said, you can train a kid to take the celery instead of the lollipop, but if, you know, it's just available to them, they're going to take the lollipop. And so right. if you, you know, tell them how dangerous this is and you figure it out for yourself and, and go and make them aware that, um, you know, this is dangerous and it will hurt you and it will hurt you, um, then they will 
you know, they're not going to go out of their way um, to, to go find it. You know, kids aren't going to actively go and, and do wrong if they know it's wrong um, in, in that sense. Um, if, if we, you know, number one, um, make it difficult to access for them as, as difficult as we can, and number two, tell them how dangerous, you know, it, it is as dangerous as, as, as hard drugs. And, and if we present it like that, then um, I, I think we, we definitely can have success and win this, this battle in the next generation. It certainly is as, as dangerous and it's more sinister. Maybe not, maybe not, um, like physic, like physical health, but to the mental, mental health, and it, it just rewires the brain in the same way that those drugs do. So yeah, and you can't really OD on it either, which is what makes it so, so interesting, so right. bad, so pervasive. Well, I would say that that one does give it a leg up above other drugs that you can't, you know. OD <laughs> on it. But that doesn't make it good. It's still yeah, an addiction. No. <laughs> I'm not there there's no scoreboard here. Like there's no there's no benefits, there's only downsides. Exactly. And a downside that it lacks is that you can't die. <laughs> yeah. At least not easily. <laughs> oh boy. Alright. So um thank you for listening to our episode. Thank you, Jacob, for, for coming on. Again, it was a, a pleasure. I I am glad we will definitely have you on again, um, maybe for a more comfortable subject. <laughs> but yeah. um, um, we do appreciate you coming on, and we will be um, putting the link to join Monarch Ministries down below in the description of wherever you're you're watching this. And we do hope you join. Um, we are about to finish our series on the Book of Romans, and we will be starting First Corinthians. Um, when this comes out, it'll be, I think, like two, three days before we start Corinthians. So, um, it's a good time to, to jump on. So, um, thank you all for listening and I hope you enjoyed and we will see you next time on the Monarch Ministries podcast.